Hey Jason, how have you been? It's been two weeks, almost three weeks since we last recorded, right? Yeah, Oscar, why are you leaving me? Why are you leaving me? Well, the internet made me leave you. You know, no <laughs> leave me like a fucking savage down here, you know? <laughs> oh, you liar. I see you updating your pictures on Raha. Uh-huh. No yeah, internet, that's, huh? That's, that's my data plan. That's not Wi-Fi. You liar. Yeah. Liar, Oscar. You're leaving <laughs> me. My God. I've How you doing, I'm doing okay actually. I've been working out mm-hmm. more. Yeah. I I felt I felt better in the past like a week and a half mm-hmm. than like how I did in Christmas. Then again mm-hmm. in Christmas I was like that was a low point morale wise, right? Because of like just wanted to go and get a holiday, right? This is just before we got the holiday. That that was the low point, morale-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, my morale was low everywhere. <laughs> I'm just like, I just want to go and do something, you know? Have an adventure is what I felt like having. Okay, I get that, I get that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, for me, I've been pretty good. Uh, the, this new year has been inside out really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I sent you the picture of my kettlebell. Mm, in your uh, new room yes in my medicine ball so like a five kilo basketball right so i just i've been working out with these things oh i, I actually thought that through. was a basketball <laughs> i literally you know, thought it, that was a basketball it's called a medicine ball it's just it looks like a basketball but it's five kilos it's five kilos right uh-huh like for throwing around doing core workouts and stuff you know it's really good really good so i've been working out with these two things i've been working out really hard i haven't been running as much as i did last year maybe i'll get back into it just that Running, the, I've run twice this year, and running in the city is different, you know? When I was living in Saga, running in country, just me alone in the, in the rice fields, you know? And I was running nights. But here in Osaka, there are just so many people I have to navigate around. I ran around Osaka Castle, which that's pretty nice, but there are just so many other runners, and I'm not used to that. I don't know if... I feel self-conscious when I run. I feel like... <laughs> okay, that's the truth. I was, I was going to ask, because as a non-runner, I don't understand the difference. I was going to ask you to elaborate, but okay, you said it. All right. Makes yeah, sense. so I, I, I feel like I don't like running and feeling people look at me, you know? And of course, I know it's all in, it's just in my head, but I really feel that, you know? <laughs> uh, for sure. Especially, like, for example... If you if you if you start going to the gym and you're like a new person mm-hmm. or you don't regularly work out, you look at other people and you just get self conscious, right? You just feel like fuck. They're no, it's not because me. I think I'm, I'm not a good runner or nothing. I mean, I'm a great runner. I'm fucking fast. Mm-hmm. I'm amazing. I'm fucking amazing. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's that picture. You I know that. Just hold on, sorry. Mm-hmm. Is that picture of like Obama giving himself a medal? <laughs> That's literally yeah. you right now. That's you. Okay, Oscar. <laughs> Give yourself the medal, sure. Yeah, anyway, so like, it's just me being self-conscious. That's it, you know? I just don't enjoy having eyes on me when I'm trying to focus on something, you know? And maybe they're not even eyes on me. Maybe it's just someone giving me a look as I'm running by, you know? That's just, just their eyes gazing you... at me for a second, you know? You are and I feel a, like, oh, I don't want that unwanted attention right now. You are a black man running in a Japanese city. I'd be surprised no, if you didn't get even, any eyes. It's not even about me being black. I'm not even thinking about my race at the moment. Even if I was in Kenya and I was running, I wouldn't want someone to look at me. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. 
But everyone is looking yeah. at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But I, I'll get used to it. Maybe it's just something I need to work on my mind. I need to work on my mind, you know. So, this extra visual stimuli is uh, mm. is affecting your running. You just not like you said. You're just not used to it. Yes, I'm just not used to it. Maybe I'm, I'm sure over time. Even like to be honest, even in Kanzaki, when I first started running in Saga, like I would run for like two kilometers, and even I didn't enjoy like seeing the odd person walking, looking at me, and saying "Konnichiwa." I didn't enjoy that. But over a period of time, I just got used to it. I didn't care anymore. Oh man! So when you're jogging, you you just want to do your own shit, huh? You're in your own lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's uh. I should start running too now. Yeah, why not? It's it's good. It's good. It's med- it's meditative. Let me say that it's meditative. Yeah, yeah. I remember like, cause uh, one of the first things I used to do, like when I started working out during USIU, mm-hmm. I used to run quite a bit. Even for taekwondo, I used to run quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I always remember you'd get tired, and then it's mm-hmm. like when you push past that tiredness, there's a point where it's just like your body just listens to whatever you're trying to do you know like everything becomes clear and yeah uh, i remember there was one time in november last year i was running right my plan was to run for 10k mm. and by the time i got to the 2k mark i started feeling pain in my left leg mm-hmm. and then i decided let me just make it a 5k and just stop running i don't injure myself right yeah but when I go to the 5k mark, I, I realize, huh, I've already done an extra three kilometers of this pain. Let me just do 10. Let me just do 10. Mm. And I ran for the 10 with the pain. Like, I just ignored. At some point, I didn't even notice the pain as much anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the point. Like, at some point, I don't know, like, for you, it was 10 kilometers. But, like, whatever distance it's, it's, it's at, right? Whatever the limit mm-hmm. is for you. Like, yeah. it reaches a point where, like, your body's, like, in pain. But then mm-hmm. when you actually reach a certain point, you're able to push past that. And then you just like your body just loses. I don't know if it becomes numb. I don't know what's the word. But you just lose track of the pain and you start focusing on something else, you know, like whether it's yeah, your breath or something. That's the meditative aspect, right, of saying, oh, I can't do this. And then you realize, ah, I'm just telling myself I can't do it. Yeah. But I'm actually doing it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's similar to working out too, right? Yeah, There's so yeah, many yeah. times where it's just like, I'm looking at my workout plan, I'm like, I'm only halfway through. Fuck, I can't do it, you know? And then yes, yeah. five minutes later, it's like, oh, I'm actually almost done. 80%, like I'm literally mm-hmm. 80% done, just 20% left. And I feel like I can do this for another 10, 15 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like what you said, it's like, it's very much like you're telling yourself. But you need to feed yourself more hope. That's That's... You're very much um, a product of your thinking, you know? Mm. And I think Joker Willing says this a lot. So, was it David Goggins? I can't remember who said this. Everyone, all of them, all of them. They say the same thing, man. If you... So that's why you just need to feed yourself more hope and more and more and more. And become your aspirations, literally, in your thinking and everything. Mm. And you'll start to manifest things physically. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, that's why it's like I've really just just avoid anything that makes me negative in any way, you know. Yeah, but you can't really avoid things that make you negative because there's always going to be a reason to feel negative. And I feel like it's not about avoiding negativity; is accept that 
negative occurrences and or experiences are, are a part of life yeah and yeah, when yeah. they do appear you take them as they are you know yeah uh, so like i think i told you i said going for aa meetings mm. and at the beginning of every of every aa meeting there's this you know the serenity prayer what's that oh no that's the thing that you say in the beginning the speech right uh, so the serenity prayer is something from the bible from psalms i believe or some of the psalms i'm not sure it goes like god grant me the serenity to accept the things i can't change courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference i didn't know it was from the bible i've heard it but yeah, I, it is okay. from the bible yeah there's psalms yeah so nowadays whenever i find myself in a situation that i will feel i i, I don't enjoy this or i don't want to be here I chant that prayer in my head, you know? And I and I ask myself like what can I change here? What can I not change? Uh. And if I can't change it, okay, fuck it. Let, let's go. Let's let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. If I can't change it, okay, what can I change? Uh. And it's it's really been helping me. Like just even having uh, being in school, uh, working and there are some classes I wouldn't enjoy. I will ask myself okay what can I change about this class should I incorporate more games okay I know there's one bad kid or rather one hyperactive kid I I can't change his behavior today there's no way I can do that right so I'm just going I have to accept him as he is that's the way he is at least that's the way I see him you know so it's all about accepting what what you can't change and changing what you can mm. yeah this AA meetings are the the instilling some philosophy in you i can see ah oh, man hey it's it's very powerful man those meetings are very powerful i, w- I would say like have you cried in one of those meetings i've come close to crying once mm. i've come i haven't cried i've come close i've come close listening to somebody else's story or what even just saying my own saying my own you know mm. and the thing is you know i i told you how like we are sitting in a circle right and after we say the serenity prayer and then we we read the 12 steps and the traditions of aa mm-hmm. so after that we're just quiet right it's like we're looking at, at the center of the circle it's like there's a fire we're all looking into mm-hmm. and no one is told to speak someone has to step up and say okay my name is oscar i'm an alcoholic and i start talking right mm-hmm. and the thing about a is that you speak as much as you want to speak and no one cuts you off until you say thank you like i'm done thank you you know so it's that not only is it a place for me to express the deepest part of myself that i feel ashamed to talk to everyone to to another person about but in the meetings you learn how to listen listen to another person right because whatever problems i may have had with alcohol or i do have with alcohol i can look at myself and say wow I'm really really fucked up. But then you hear someone else say like fuck. This guy is just like me. Oh, and that guy is just like me too. Huh, I'm not the only one here with the <laughs> obviously I'm not the only one with the problem. And we're in this group, this this place where everyone is help trying to help everyone else get better. Because if I help you get better, I'm also getting better myself. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Man, it's it's really powerful. It's really really powerful. Man. I can imagine. I can imagine like it just that's the process of like just talking about you yourself or you're mm-hmm. telling your story. Mm-hmm. 
for a long during like a long time frame and mm-hmm. after some point you you just unfilter it becomes your unfiltered thoughts right yes 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 after talking for yes. like five eight ten minutes at some point you just start removing filters you start removing your defenses because it's, it's just like very true very true yeah yeah you know it's like one of those things whereby if i feel so before when i was drinking drinking right uh. i would always wake up with a hangover and tell myself oh i'll never do this again you know and that would be like the extent <laughs> of how far i would go with, you know <laughs> the classic i'll never do this again you know this is the and last time later, yeah a few days later i'm drinking again right so like with the meetings as i'm speaking out in detail everything i did while i was drinking and what led to me drinking i realized huh I actually never paid attention to these things I'm saying right now. Right? Mm, and mm. on the 12 steps, so now I'm taking the step one, which is like to realize how powerless you are of alcohol, right? Just to, so um, you write down a list of all these things. And as I'm writing down the list, I'm writing the list and like, oh, why did I, why was I drinking? Yeah. Mm. What made me feel like drinking? And as I'm writing, I'm observing everything so carefully and realizing, huh? This list of like over 20 reasons is just things I'm repeating over and over again. There's there's a there's a pattern here and I wasn't able to see the pattern because I never stopped for a second to think about what I was doing. Uh-huh. But now because I have this list, I can if I do feel like drinking, I can actually ask myself, okay, what 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 cycle am I starting here? What why do I do I want to drink because I feel angry about something because I feel stressed out about work because I had a fight with Himiko or do I want to drink just because oh there's a combine name by a strong you know and like this week I've realized most of my drinking was just the habit of leaving work and going to a, to a convenience store and buying a strong you know just that habit that routine right 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 yeah to a point where you don't even think about it. That's when it's exactly. like really. That's when it's like really. That's deep. That's like a yeah. deep habit. And it is. Yeah. It's like hey, convenient. Let me buy a drink, right? Yeah. And so, right now I've been buying like the the, the non-alcoholic beer. That's what I've been drinking now, and also the the cider, the lemon cider. And the lemon cider, it's just it's a soft drink, but it tastes exactly like a strong zero. Exactly the same. Oh, okay. That must help a it's lot. Like, it's like drinking that is like at least my taste buds it's like i'm drinking a strong zero for my taste buds it's like i'm drinking a strong zero that must help a lot oh so much so so much nice substitute mm-hmm. and then what's step number two uh step number two is uh accepting uh let me read it out for you hold on give me one second step number two is Step number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Oh, this this matches well with Jordan Peterson's talk about the divine. Yes, yes. I mean, so, because, so, Alcoholics Anonymous was founded by an American, or I assume he was, he was a Christian, yeah? So, when he was talking about the higher power, he was talking about the, the Christian God, of course, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but however in the meeting they do emphasize that we're not talking about a, a Christian God or or Allah or the Buddha. It's whatever you your interpretation of a higher power is, what that means to you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you can give yourself to this thing and realize that you're not like the the idea, the belief that you have control of everything in your life, that's not true. You don't control everything in your life. Right? You have control over some things, but you don't control everything. I don't control how the kids will behave when they come to class today, right? I don't control how you make, what attitude you will come home with from work if you had a good day or a bad day, you know? Uh-huh. I can't control whether or not I will be sick today. So like realizing I have no control that it frees me, it frees me from the panic, the negative that might arise if I did believe I did I did have control and now nothing is working out. What's wrong? Nothing is working out. I thought I did everything right, but nothing's working out. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go and have a drink. So, by being aware of those like thoughts mm-hmm. and like having that mindset, it sort of helps you process like those events that you can't control or that are beyond mm. your control. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but anyway, uh we're talking about A too much. I feel like I'm starting to become a preacher for A. I'm not a no, I, I'm interested. I actually want to listen. So, wait, how many steps are there? There are 12 steps. 12 steps. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it, it takes time. It's not like I'm going to finish them in a week or, you know, like you take your time. Take as long as you can take. Oh, I thought you were speed running the steps. No, 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 no. You don't know. You take, man, you, you can go forever with them until you die. Just take your time. Take your time. The point, so I I have a sponsor, right? And, and a sponsor is someone who's supposed to to help you go through the steps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who yeah, has yeah. been there for a long time, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I know who the, yeah. who the sponsor. I know about the sponsor, yeah. So my sponsor has been... He hasn't had a drink in 16 years. Oh. 16 years, man. No Jesus Christ. That's, yeah. uh, that's yeah, a you know, real like, ironclad mentality. Ironclad will. Like, 16 that's, years. That's the thing, right? Like, when I first went to the meeting and someone was saying, oh, I'm alcoholic. I've been sober for nine years. In my head, I'm like, dude, you're not an alcoholic. You haven't done alcohol in nine years. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> and even in my head, like, I was thinking I'm going to do this thing. And then over three months, I'm good. You know, three months sober, I'm good. Now I can just drink normal like everyone else. <laughs> but can you I get... guess maybe for some people, that's not, not, not how it works. I'm like, can you ever really go back? I guess you can't. Maybe you actually can't. Because so like, here's the thing. It's like, of course, for someone like you, right, you can have one, like a cup, you can get drunk today and you'll be fine. You'll drink for maybe even a month, right? You won't, you won't think about it, right? Yep. But for me, once I start drinking, I've realized I won't stop drinking until like I'm, I'm really drunk. I'm really drunk. And secondly, I just drink because of the habit, the routine of going to get that drink from the kombini, right? Uh-huh. So it's two things. Number one, once I start drinking... I can't, I'm not the kind of guy who can just drink whiskey because I like the taste. So let me just have like one glass of whiskey. I'm good. No, I'm not. A, I hate the taste of all, all alcohol. I've never enjoyed the taste of any alcohol, except maybe Umeshu. Umeshu is really sweet. So I like the taste of Umeshu. But everything else, I don't like the taste. The reason why I was drinking whiskey is because whiskey will get me fucked up. You know? <laughs> so like Yumiko will have like a glass of whiskey once a month. Oh, I really like this whiskey. Let me have a glass. Once a month, she's good. One glass of whiskey a month, she's good. In my head, I'm like, how the fuck is she doing that? She's going to just have one glass of whiskey? Whiskey burns your throat. She likes the taste of whiskey? What the fuck is wrong with her? In my head, that's... 
for me, I, I want, when I have whiskey, you know, I put my soda, I make a nice highball, and I drink as many as I can because I want to get drunk. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I was actually having this conversation with my mom maybe sometime last year. And I, my mom was saying, you know, sometimes it's good to have one glass of wine. And I was, I was actually telling my mom, why would I have one glass of wine? The point of drinking is to get drunk, right? Why would I only have one glass of wine? I... So for me, for example, I can have like two beers and then watch a movie or play a mm. game because I feel like it's, it's so there's two parts to it. I, I feel I usually do it after work, like mm-hmm. maybe like just the beginning of the weekend. So it like mm-hmm. it, I feel like it opens up my body. It distresses me. So I understand mm-hmm. that whole like having one wine. It makes you relax a bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the second part of it is that I, I tend to be much more positive and mm-hmm. see things in a much more funny light when I'm mm-hmm. a little bit tipsy or when I'm drinking. So, like, movies and games become that much more enjoyable to me, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'll just watch, like, a stupid horror movie or, like, a comedy film and I'll just I'll laugh my ass off, you know? Mm-hmm. Same thing with playing a game. I'll just find it that much more enjoyable, you know? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of alcohol. Not that much. Just a little bit. Like, one, two beers and I'm good. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of this must be so alien to you. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> yeah, I've, like I've never been able to do that since I started drinking. You know, mm. and as I was talking at, at a my first meeting, I realized I was recalling the first time I got drunk, uh-huh. and I realized the reason I got drunk that day was because I was getting positive attention after I got drunk. When I started getting tips at least, so I decided drinking more because. Someone told me, oh, you're a fun drunk, you know? So I got into that loop because I realized, oh, people like me when I'm drunk. And I've always, like, since I was a kid, as you know, I was a fat kid. So I always felt socially awkward, you know? So so even though I lost that that weight, the mentality was still there, you know? Like, oh, fuck, people are looking at me because I'm fat. People don't... People are making for people are treating me this way because they know they know I used to be fat, you know. So the thing is still in my head. So, but when I got drunk, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm fun and everyone likes me. Oh wow, I'm gonna keep doing this. Your personality um formed around that insecurity. Yeah, yeah. Like all insecurities, right? Like all of our insecurities. Yeah. Your personality just forms around it. Man, and it's here's the thing, it's not only it's not only drinking, right? To this day, no matter how much I work out, how much I run. When they go and take a shower and finish the shower and look at the mirror, I still see a fat motherfucker, you know? Like, that one, it, I feel like it's so hard for me to get rid of that thing in my head. Yeah. No matter how hard I work out, how long I, how many hours I run, I look at the mirror and I still see a fat guy, you know? Do you remember the documentary with Reggie yes, Waits? Of course I that guy, the one, that one British young guy who was yes. literally almost killing himself, basically. Because of working out too much, yeah? Yeah, and the guy had like a sick body, right? He's like this guy. Yeah, he's in terms of like health or like peak male physique, he's up there, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And it's not enough, right? <laughs> it's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, never enough. It's never enough. Yeah, I see a bit of you in him, Oscar, or a bit of him in you. Yeah, I'm definitely there. Like. I remember there was one time when I was maybe just and after I and you remember the the funny scene. Sorry to to cut you off. Remember the funny scene mm-hmm. of like 
his his part-time job was him being a male stripper right yes 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 all the girls are complimenting him do you remember that all the girls yeah, want but... a piece of him and he's just like i don't care what they say i want compliments from the bodybuilders <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah, so like I remember one time when I was I think I was in high school or something oh yeah I was definitely in high school uh, one of my my cousins or someone said to me in front of my mom uh, Oscar don't eat chips uh, french fries you get fat <laughs> mm. and my mom told my cousin don't tell Oscar that because hello sorry you broke up there for a second uh, yeah so I'm saying like my cousin was telling me in front of my mom right Oscar mm-hmm. don't eat chips or french fries because you'll get fat mm-hmm. and my mom before i could respond my mom told my cousin oscar i uh, sorry she my mom told my cousin don't tell oscar that because if you tell oscar such a thing he'll never eat french fries again and my mom could see this behavior in me before i i could see it in myself you know mm. yeah and to this day it's like someone tells me oh oscar you're gaining some weight oh fuck i'm going to run 10k every day from now on <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh god so where, where do you draw the line where do you stop like okay so there is no way for me to stop until i work on my mind like the problem is my mind it's not my body the problem is my mind it's not how people treat me it's not how people talk to me it's my mind it's my mind right mm. so that's the only way to 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 work with this to work around this is to work on my mind whether it's meditation whether it's just realizing all this and just thoughts in my head is actually not, I'm not fat I'm healthy okay I'm healthy enough I mean I smoke still I work out you know I have a decent body you know uh-huh, uh-huh. it's it's body dysmorphia you know it's body dysmorphia I feel like nothing is enough nothing is enough and nothing is enough. for me the scariest part is when when you might like the possibility that you might have to carry these insecurities these demons to your dying mm-hmm. days yes 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 that's one of the scariest things to me yeah you're never at ease you're never at ease there'll never be peace yeah always chasing that dragon always looking for the gold man always looking for the gold well i think we all we can do is just fight the good fight fight the good fight I yeah, think I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means fight the good fight. Fight the good fight, you know, because it's mm. Hmm? I'll yeah, that wouldn't be a good story. I'm trying to think of an analogy for this. Because well, okay, simply put, what is the alternative really? Okay, okay, okay. Okay. What is the alternative? Because it's like mm. you can let your demons sink you or mm-hmm. let your demons descend you, taking the descent descent to hell, you know. And mm-hmm. when you descend into hell because of like mm-hmm. the way we are as uh social beings, you're not taking mm-hmm. just yourself, right? You're taking your friends, your family down mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm like your your descent into hell will have ripple effects right okay okay, okay. usually always does no one's truly alone right mm-hmm. and so is that something you want to see is that something you want to do mm. or you could uh... just 
try and like do your best and there's, there's a chance that you might find peace right there's still mm, a chance mm. we we don't know these things because me and you are like young right mm. so and there's people like david goggins who have been able to completely transform themselves mentally yeah. physically spiritually mm. so let's try and find out let's try and find out oscar Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what okay, what, what could we become if we really like stopped wasting time and like what took on the full burden of our of our beings mm. of our suffering? What what could we become? I don't know. Uh, so, I, so here's I, the I thing, know. right? Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, everything is always in flux. And everything is always perfectly in place at the same time. Mm. Does it make sense? Yeah. Like the idea of like what can we become? It's like you never really become anything. You're always in the process of becoming something, right? Yes. It's not like you reach 40 and you say, "Okay, I'm here. I've made it. Everything is perfect. I have a six pack. I have millions in the bank. I have a nice car, beautiful wife, family." It's like, no, no, no. That's not the end. Things are always moving and changing and evolving. Or in some cases deteriorating, right? Yeah. So it's like, I maybe for me I will I, I will assume I would like to believe that peace, mental peace, is being okay with that state of flux. Realize that there's no there's no real end. There's never an end. The end is death. At least for this body, you know, that's the end. For so this, until you get to yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. Until this body gets to that point, it's trying to make your mind come to terms with the fact that everything is going to keep changing until this body reaches the point of death. For better or for us? Y- yes, for better or for us. See, that's the yeah, hard but, part. That's the trick right there. That's yeah, the exactly. that's the real yeah. hard part. Yeah. Cuz again, we can all accept when things are working out for the better, right? Yes, yes, yes. But when things work out for the worse? What do you do? What do you do? You, yeah, you, you roll with it, I guess. But I, of course, I'm just saying that now. You know, it's like, hey, what will I do if tomorrow? What's like the worst thing that can possibly happen to me right now is for my daughter to die. You know, that's possibly the worst possible thing that can happen to me, right? Yeah. And it's not like, hey, it's not like if that happens, I'll be like, oh, I'll just roll with the punches. No, I'll be wrecked. I'll be fucking wrecked, right? Yeah. Yeah. But those things maybe those things do happen in life, right? Mm-hmm. People's kids do get sick and die before they die, right? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, and how do, how do you how do you learn to take that and grow from that instead of just living with that pain and anguish and like just being angry at the universe and at God, you know? That's the real That's the real mystery. Why there mm. aren't many more people who are angry at God, you know, who are angry at the universe and the higher power. Or maybe maybe people are angry at God and the higher power or whatever, but they do it silently. Maybe being angry at the universe is just saying fuck it, I'm going to just going to eat my McDonald's every day. You know, maybe it's just some silent passive anger, you know? Uh... Fuck it, I don't care about yeah, it's it's maybe it's not always explosive. Maybe it's just like hey, just having a bad attitude. You know that's how you respond to the, to the negativity to maybe to your pain to the pain you're dealing with you know the toxicity is within it's like yes, slowly it's within, becoming yeah. yeah yeah 
and every mm-hmm. once in a while you'll spit venom at people around you yes 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 some real fucking venom you know shit yeah this this leads into i also wanted to ask have you been watching the whole um attack on uh dc nope i know nothing about it you know nothing about it bro i told you don't ask me about american politics i don't give a fuck about that <laughs> you've been completely disconnected yeah i've just seen some pictures that's all i know i've seen pictures i i just find it very interesting because um how they were all just like all the writers were just sort of let in you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it just goes to show and then it, it started off obviously the same divisive sort of like push and pull between the left and the right and stuff like that and but for the most part everyone is condemning this mm-hmm. america spends like i don't know the the most money has the highest defense budget in the world mm-hmm. they have all of these things about guns and stuff like that and then the police forces a lot of the police forces are equipped with military weapons and their capital gets stormed by a bunch of people with flags and flip-flops and stuff like that it was just yeah. so like it really is it really is like you're watching a tv show actually it really yeah, does feel like, like you're watching a tv show those things do happen you know it's like uh, i'm not saying america is falling but all empires do fall eventually you know yep 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 and maybe it's the beginning of the end for america i'm not saying it is but it could be it could be you know if that is happening so yeah. in america it does seem like if you're going to hate on a higher power they tend to mm-hmm. hate the higher power that they have they view in their own like system mm-hmm. tends to be the government mm-hmm. and a lot of their hate gets directed at the government right mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, but I feel like that's the pattern I've seen with the average American citizen. They seem to feel, they, they seem to be like this whole much more like dependence and expectations from their own government. And mm-hmm. when that doesn't happen, it, they get really, really angry, you know? Mm-hmm. Compared to like, maybe, maybe it's because in Kenya, we're just, we know what our government does. We know how useless it is. We just, it's, we, we, we are more surprised when they do something right. When... <laughs> when when they do wrong things because they're just always their default mode is that they're always doing wrong things right <laughs> that's their default mode and america it's like they have the complete opposite mindset they hide they like they hold their government and sometimes themselves at such a high regard yet the reality mm. is very different um, the american government is literally like it's like a cartel man sometimes they behave like cartels sometimes and like I wouldn't say it's just the American. I mean, it's the Kenyan government could actually be called. It's actually a cartel, right? Yeah, no, the Kenyan government even. It's, fam- so. family, it's all family members, all like brothers actually, and cousins, you know. It's funny that that the Americans should be happy in a weird way. They should be happy because compared to other governments in the world, China, our government, it's run by complete thugs, man. Complete thugs yeah. who could like, if you do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing, they could kick down your door and make you disappear. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. America's exactly. lucky to be like they can say things. They they can actually have they actually do for the most part have freedom of speech in their country. Mm-hmm. That alone is already like a huge thing. Yeah. I mean like if we look at Kenya so here's the thing about America, right? You've said something very interesting whereby 
Americans hold themselves and the government at such high regard. So when they fail, they get angry, right? They have a reason to get angry, right? Yeah. As opposed to Kenya whereby as Kenyans we don't hold our government at high regard. So when they when they fuck up as they do, we're like, "Ah, oh, that's the way it goes, you know? Yeah. That's the way things go." And but also, to be fair, as we've all learned in like just primary school social studies, the government is the people, right? Yep. So in Kenya, we don't hold ourselves at high regard. So when things go wrong, we just say, "Ah, this is Kenya," you know? <laughs> no, you're right. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Of, you're right. You're right. We are so quick to blame the government. You know, like, oh, fuck, fuck, whole Kenyatta, fuck William Ruto, fuck PNU, fuck ODM, all these things. With all, oh, they, they, they are corrupt. They steal money. But here's the thing: when you are driving and the traffic police pulls you over, you as a Kenyan are very quick to pay them off, right? Mm-hmm. So you're also corrupt, but you're like, no, it's different. I'm not corrupt in millions. This is only 50 shillings. But but that's how it goes, right? Everything starts small. Everything needs a foundation. And before you can you can be corrupt with a billion, you need to be corrupt with 50 with 50 bob with 50 shillings, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we're like, ah, no no, I'm not like them, I'm different. No, no, no. You're exactly like them. Exactly like them. We are exactly like our our leaders. We are our own leaders in fact. Because hey, I do that whatever they're doing, I do the same thing only at, at a smaller scale. And the reason I don't do it at a big scale is just because I don't have the resources. But I'm sure the guy the does, guy yeah. who's willing to be corrupt with 50 shillings, if that guy had 50 billion, do you think he will be corrupt with that money? Like no, now I'm a billionaire, I don't I won't be corrupt anymore. That's not how it works. Probably be just as corrupt, man. Exactly, exactly. So it's like, hey, we don't hold hold ourselves in high regard. So why should we hold our government in high regard? like we we don't have okay so americans have have a mythos right they have the american myth myth of how these founding fathers drafted this great document right and they hold their founding fathers at such high regard like the founding fathers and the ideal americans you know they were they fought for something they believed in you know they were intelligent educated people you know of course they did fucked up things slavery of course and for the most part it's like they inherited a certain destiny the country has this destiny that they have to live up to yeah but now for us it's like where is kenya's myth where's the myth around kenya there's no myth around kenya <laughs> tribes individual tribes have their own myth right yeah. but where is the kenyan myth the kenyan story that will hold us together because colonization isn't really isn't a story that will hold, hold us together man independence and jumbo kenyatta won't hold us together I think we've tried to do that with uh, Baba Kenyatta that whole thing we, holding yeah. him to be we did the glue. we did but okay yeah the okay, glue that okay. Holds let, me us together. let me ask you this maybe that's what the Kenyan government did try to do or Kenyan literature and history but let me ask you how much do you know about Jomo Kenyatta how much do you know you Jason how much do you know about him uh so i've only learned about him in the past like one year because i researched him and okay. uh There was that period okay. I was telling you I was, I was very interested to see like what Kenya was just before uh-huh. like what British Kenya was like you know Okay uh-huh. But before yeah, that so, I didn't know anything really Yeah so you see that's the thing right you had to go out of your way to educate yourself about the founding father of Kenya right Yeah We didn't get an in-depth lesson in school about our founding fathers 
about their struggles. Right? At least I didn't. Maybe you did. I didn't. No, I don't remember getting I one. I didn't get any. Actually, once you learn more about the period, I, it turns out that I learned nothing. Exactly. We learned nothing. Nothing. And we're supposed to, be, to believe in Kenya. We're supposed to be patriotic. How can I hold something? How can I respect something that I know almost nothing about? Right, right. Because right. To, to be fair, the only thing I know about, the, the thing I kept, they kept drilling in my head as a kid is the national anthem. English and Swahili version. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like the song is going to hold the country together. God damn it. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, this is so boring. Fuck this song. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then... Mm-hmm. What happens when you start... When you start, like, clashing with the with the system that holds you together you know i guess you just become you get reduced to the state that america is in right now but you know america is it's, it's weird because it's like so they're losing faith in the system mm-hmm. um they're losing faith within their own democracy so like mm-hmm. just the idea of like hey we can sort things out if we have a conversation and we can come mm-hmm. to like some sort of agreement. They're losing complete faith in that. Mm-hmm. And at some point they will lose all of those like structures that manage their society together. At least they've been de- mm-hmm. de- they're being degraded to a point where it's like what happens when they have nothing left? Mm-hmm. Ah man, I guess mm-hmm. it's like what you said, maybe it just, it just all falls apart, right? Yeah, things fall apart, right? And hey, maybe like we talked about this a few podcasts ago about how some cultures just vanish, you know, some cultures are swallowed up. And hey, I, for America, I mean, America has lasted for a long time, 200, 200 plus years, right? The most wealthiest country, I think, in history. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a very, that's a strong run. That's, a, that's an amazing run, right? <laughs> that's a strong run. <laughs> yeah, it's a strong run. Come on, seriously, right? Because like... the. That run, okay, I'm going to use like a running, like a virtual running analogy, right? Right. For them to run that marathon, it means they did the, the necessary prerequisite workouts, right? And what yeah, was the yeah, workout? Yeah, sure, sure. The workout, the workout was uh, becoming America before they were free from Britain, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh learning how to depend on themselves not just the british government right before they were free from the british government right and having a myth around what will eventually become america right the, believing that no we're not like the british we're different we're the different. mythos that holds them together something worth fight, yes. fighting for yeah yes but kenya we didn't have a prerequisite workout man we didn't work out we just went running just went running oh fuck more i can run i can do it <laughs> and now we're dying and now we are realizing fuck it's a marathon it's not a sprint it's a fucking marathon dude i wish i got those workouts in you know actually this analogy makes so much sense because we were going so strong in the first couple of decades you know look at kenya kenya's in its high economic look at the shilling the shilling is comparable to like the british pound you know it was really like the currency was so strong 
jobs were being created everyone was getting land it was that's the part when they talk about the golden period right the golden mm. age it's like 70s 80s 90s you know the times yeah, where my yeah, yeah. our parents would be like ah, 50 bob could take you so far oscar 50 yes, bob. yes yes 50 shillings yeah, could take you so far yeah i mean of course the other factors in play in play here you know like the global economy has been rising and falling of course that also affects kenya as well yep yep, yep. but just if we talk about kenya as a as a singular unit you know as its own entity we can honestly say we don't have a mythos you know we don't have our own story we don't have a kenyan story we have a kalenjin story we have a maasai story we have a kikuyu story we have all these individuals these tribal stories but there's no one kenyan story and we, we try to make colonization and the mau mau fight that story right? and yeah jomo kenyan's victory our victory yes. yes but then it's like uh, it's it's not really holding us the way it should you know it's not working because it wasn't drilled into us it wasn't drilled into us so hey i i remember like when i was mm-hmm. when i was dating my first girlfriend right uh, we were taking a bus you know do you know upper hill yeah upper hill we were coming down from upper hill towards nairobi city and when you're in upper hill you can see the the big mass the big flag coming down from uhuru park right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and my girlfriend said uh, Wow, that flag makes me feel proud. And I asked her why. What, what's up, you know? Uh-huh. And I wasn't asking her to be to be cynical or anything. I I actually want to know why. Why? And she was like, "Oh, because I love my country and I believe my country is the best country in the world." Uh. And I believe I love my country part I understand. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, you can love your country. That's fine. Yeah, you believe Kenya is the best country in the world. Like I couldn't believe someone was saying that to me. Do you think I, in my head is like Does she think I'm stupid? You know, what, what are you <laughs> so the I, I, the love the love the country part I understand. It's like yeah. even like let's say if you have this, you have a father who wasn't a good father. You can still love him, mm. right? Yeah. You love your father, but then like you'd say that if he used to beat you and like emotionally abuse you, and then you go and say like he's the best father in the world. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. What? What? This is some Stockholm syndrome over here, man. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, but but it's it's not just her, of course. I've met other people through the course of my life who've told me like something to to such a degree. They think Kenya is the best country in the world. I okay, I, maybe you can say Kenya has a great great na- the nature like the, you can there's beautiful views in Kenya. The na- it's it's a natural country. You know, there are there's many sites to go and see you know the national parks all these things are amazing other countries don't have kenya is the only country in the world that has a national park around the capital city that's amazing that's amazing nairobi city has more bird species than any other city in the world did you know that no i did not that's amazing yeah so if you're a, if you're a bird watcher nairobi city is the place to be but how many people are bird watchers you know it's like do you know any bird watcher i don't know anyone no right? i don't know anyone too Yeah so okay if you if you're a bird watcher and still oh Kenya is the best place to be for a bird watcher fine i get it that's cool but if you're talking about our democracy our politics our history i don't really see our economy i don't really see how you believe Kenya is the best country in the world maybe you tell me you value your culture in Kenya and the people you have grown up with in Kenya now that's a different story that's an individual story right ah actually you you broke down 
the real problem here. You don't know what she's construing as country in her statements. Exactly, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because when I hear country, I'm imagining Kenya as a whole, the whole, the wholeness. Of and then you see the shit first, and you're just like, yeah, man, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely, I believe in the Kenyan people, like because I've just met so many like interesting and hardworking and just kind people in, in Kenya. Like I yeah, do I genuinely love the people in our country. Man, I but mean, then, the yeah. Huh? Go on. Sorry, go on. But then there's the ne- those sides of Kenya, you know. There's like the our our okay, our systems, the systems that were mm. put in place to govern ourselves very very and our mentality sometimes and there's like this mindset very questionable man very questionable so for me right i don't i've come to see there's nothing about kenyans or japanese or americans that make us different we're pretty much all the same you know pretty much all the same and it's not like i believe kenyans are bad or good kenyans are just we're a consequence of the way we grew up like everyone else right Yep. And I don't, it's not like, I also don't believe or disbelieve Kenyan. Say, I'm a Kenyan. I've fucked up so much in my life. But I'm also trying to make my life work out and get better, right? So, I, just like, I believe I can do it. I can do I can do that for my life. I believe all other Kenyans can do that. All other people around the world can do that. And no matter how fucked up Kenya is, hey, it's, it's not really one person's fault but i believe there has to be someone who has to take responsibility and say i'm gonna work and fix this and i'm gonna lead people and show them the way and the thing is here's the thing everyone i don't think i don't want to be that person i don't want that kind of responsibility right Uh and that's why hey that's why we go that's how that's why democracy works you know democracy works because no one wants that job Someone that give <laughs> give the power to someone else, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. hey, can I? It's I have a family, you know. Being attentive, like I think I've told you this before, where if I'm with Raha alone in the house, right, I can't be doing anything else but focus on her. Right, I have to solely focus on her. That all this thing of like, uh, what do you call it? Multitasking doesn't work when you have a one-year-old kid in the house. You have to have your eyes on her. I can't. I literally can't take a shit if I'm in the house with my daughter. I have to wait until she takes a nap so I can go and take a shit. Right. Damn. And okay. So now imagine if you're responsible for a country, for a country, you have 50 million people who are looking up to you. If things go bad, it's your fault. If things go for good. Eh, it's not really your fault. Sometimes it is, but nah. But when things are bad, it's definitely your fault. You don't right? sleep, man. No sleep for that. Like even like think about this. Even now, same back to Raha. Raha, like my my sleep cycle out the window, out the window. I only sleep when she sleeps. If she wakes up, I wake up. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. If I'm the lead, president of Kenya, if Kenya is burning, I can't be asleep. I can't say, oh, I was taking a nap. This is the way it should be. I definitely like yeah. this is the way it should be. We all know like the reality is different, but I definitely 100% agree with what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, so it's like I I would like Kenya to be good because of course Kenya is I don't live in Kenya. 
Kenya is where my, my family lives, my friends live, right? Mm. And I would like for, for my family and friends to live in a country where they feel as safe and as free as I do here in Japan, right? So you don't feel any personal attachments to Kenya besides your family and friends? Of course, I have a history with the country because I grew up there, right? Yeah. That's about it. That's about it. I'm, I'm not the kind of guy who say, like, but I did say this in the, in the past, whereby I don't love Kenya. I also don't love Japan. I don't love any country. I love mm. the people who are in the country with me, my family, my friends, that's it. Everything else is just fine. Everything else is just the way it is. Mm. Like, being in Japan, if I didn't have Yumiko, Raha, you, and other friends here in Japan, I wouldn't want to be here. There's nothing for me here, right? Same with Kenya. If I lived in Kenya, but all my relatives were dead, I wouldn't want to be there. What's there for me? Nothing. Nothing. Just the fact that I speak Swahili like everyone else, that's not enough for me to hold me in Kenya. I, I don't love any country. I love the people I'm in the country with. The people who are immediately close, my closest, the, my immediate circle, my family and my friends. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's no attachment to anything else, man. Nothing, nothing. I think... Ah, uh, I don't know. The people who definitely feel different about that. Yeah, of course. I, I do understand that. Of course, people who who are alleged to be patriots, of course, they feel different. They feel strongly about their country. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not disagreeing with those people. I'm just not like them. That's it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm definitely not like them too. Yeah. I wouldn't... I would have stayed in Kenya, honestly, because the position I was in, mm-hmm. I was in a very comfortable position in Nairobi. I could have mm-hmm. kept on going there for like years. Mm. Obviously, I, I didn't know. I had no idea how the corona would have affected me. The coronavirus would mm. have affected me. I would have been fine. My my thing here is an online job anyway, so it would have been fine. Mm. Like we could we were working mm. online most of the time anyway, so I probably mm. would have mm. been fine. But that being said, it's because I didn't feel those attachments is that. I, I, I could I, I wanted to go out into the world and see more of it and I didn't feel like that attachment of hey Kenya is my home I I, I owe it not maybe not owe it but I, I should stay here you know I didn't feel mm-hmm. any of those feelings the only feelings mm-hmm. like what you're saying it's like you feel bad that you're leaving your family and your friends behind right the people that you mm-hmm. you care about the people who mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you like enjoying spending your time with mm-hmm. but besides that it was just like there's nothing holding me in this country really you know yeah. history history it's history is nice we all enjoyed the history there's all the good times and the bad times right but you can go create history anywhere exactly exactly you exactly. can go create memories anywhere so it's like why not come to japan yeah it's like i came to japan now i have my own family here, you know. Oscar, you have a uh, daughter. Do you understand exactly. that? You have a fucking exactly. daughter. Yeah. When I was coming to Japan, I wasn't imagining this happening, you know. I wake up sometimes and I'm just like... I still wake up and I feel like... There's been a couple of times. Like, it happens once in a while. But I wake up and I feel like I'm waking up in Raisambo. In, <laughs> in Kenya. Like, I feel like... There's so many times where I used to stumble into the kitchen and get water and then just go back to mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I tried doing that here and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm in fucking Japan, dude. You know, 
there's even times where I'm just like, I wonder what Oscar's doing, like as if you're still in Mirama, as, as if you're like next door or some shit, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, Oscar has a has a family. Do you understand that? Oscar has a family. He's in Osaka. Yeah, that's really cool, you know. That's really cool. Thanks, Kenny. Like, man, this year is a new year, 2021. And, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to what this year brings. And not, not only what this year brings, what I... What, what I'm willing to do this year, you know, to take those risks I wasn't willing to take last year, you know, try to. Last year was good, and of course it was Corona and everything, but my year was good. The only failings I had last year were my own fault, right? But still, things worked out great last year, despite me failing multiple times. Man, I'm still year. here. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot more things. Okay, maybe not judge. No, I shouldn't use my things as a measure. Hey, Jason, just. Keep talking into the mic. I'm going to take a piss very quick. Just keep talking. <laughs> we could, you know, you could just like, it's almost done. Like three more minutes. No, no. I want to say, I have something you need to say first. Ah, okay, 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 okay. All right. You yeah. can just go keep on. Keep talking. Okay, okay. Um, so maybe not using my um, material things as a judgment of my well-being. That's probably not a good scale, a good measure. But... I can't help but feel that there has been an increase. Again, how would I how would I measure this? I'm leave I'm like objectively living a better life now than I was a year ago, you know. And I I will use like Maslow's like hierarchy of needs, you know. I feel like if I if I was to like check create a checklist based on like what needs I have met, it's like I'm going up. A layer or i'm going up the levels there and i'm reached a point where it's like now i want to work on myself you know i want to work on some sort of like thing we'll call it like a north star something that i i my my, my what is the meaning of my life what is the ultimate goal you know i'm back i'm back sorry sorry go what on, is the on. ultimate thing that i'm working towards and i want to call that the the north star you know Oscar, mm-hmm. you know how you know mm-hmm. the idea of North Star, like the ultimate North, the, like the thing that yes, never changes, no matter which way you're facing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your North Star? My my North Star, man, like it's the reason you live, the reason you breathe, the reason, the thing that you fight for until the very end. You told me something. A while back. To become my ideal, right? Yes. What is that ideal? Like Basically, what is that ideal? My ideal is to become a loving father, a loving husband, to appreciate my life, to realize that. Just, I realize, I realize, actually, this is what, actually, this is what I wanted to say before I went to take a piss, is that most of the struggles I've had in my life is because of, I was failing to appreciate the things I had in my life. Right. And I was always fighting with things and I don't understand why I was fighting, you know, it's like things have been working out for me pretty much, you know, so I was watching something on TV with Yumiko, right? And it was some Japanese, I think it was a volleyball event, high school event, right? Mm-hmm. And one team lost and they were crying. And the other team won and they were crying. And I've realized this pattern in Japan whereby when someone loses, they cry. When they win, they also cry. And I was asking Yumiko, why, do this, why is everyone crying in Japan all the time? What's all this crying about? You know? 
and she told me oh it's because they they struggle so hard to to do this thing so when they win they feel really happy by realizing how much they worked hard that things have paid out or if they lost they feel like oh i worked so hard and nothing happened and i was in my head i was realized i realized i've never wanted to cry because i've won or lost something because i feel like in my life whenever i worked for something things always worked out like i always got what i what i worked for right and when I, when i didn't get something it's because i didn't work hard enough for it i'm like yeah it's okay it's okay things go the way they go they go right but those are things to work for but things that i have like my wife my daughter my job there are moments where i fail to appreciate these things so they start to fast to seem frustrating to me when not raha rise different but like himiko for instance or pepi or my company and there are times whereby i wouldn't appreciate my wife as i would and i feel like her presence is is seems annoying in this moment you know oh she's talking too much you know oh i don't enjoy the things she's talking about or my job oh fuck i have five classes today i don't like this job instead of realizing number one i have a job number two i have a beautiful woman who loves me right despite all the bad things you've done this exactly the bad shit that you are done, right? the ones that the ones that you know who you are exactly right and she decides to so, stay with you what the fuck man yeah exactly right and so that's the thing whereby if i come like my ideal is the kind of guy who appreciates number one, just appreciate appreciate that's it i i'm not looking for a great fancy job i'm not looking for money I mean of course I would like to have the best job and the money right I would like those things but number one, I want to appreciate what I have right now because if I can't appreciate what I have right now having 50 billion in the bank won't make me any happier right you'll just become a depressed billionaire that's all exactly just be there just the cranky a cranky billionaire right oh shit but that that would be really bad for like if 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 you don't have your mental set settled and like straightened out and you have mm-hmm. all that money the mm-hmm. the possibility of all the drugs you have access to man you just yep. you just destroy yourself. yourself yeah yeah so it's like that's that's my idea right to be able to appreciate everything i have but it's still hard because all your thoughts the way you think about everything in your life right now it's a habit you've created over time right yep and you can't just decide okay i'm going to be positive from today you know it's, that's not how it works right but yeah. i've been realizing nowadays whereby When I catch myself having those negative thoughts I'm like, "Ha ah, ah, Oscar, you're doing that thing again." You're doing that thing again. It's I'm, I'm it's not like I'm able to stop it all the time, but I think this year I've given I'm, I've been giving it enough enough attention to realize when I, when I'm doing it, when I'm doing it. You know? It's like, okay, when I start thinking, "Oh, oh, Yumiko is being she's talking too much or she's being annoying. Oh, the, the my classes today are going to be difficult. Oh, five five classes oh they're going to be like five years old they're going to be crying i'm like oh oscar stop stop you're not even there yet why are you complaining you know <laughs> complaining about something that doesn't even exist it, it, it literally yeah. doesn't exist yet yeah yeah and i'm already complaining about it so i realize i i do this all the time with so many things in my life right like even just like not having wi-fi i'm like oh fuck i hope the wife will get going to be fast man fuck i don't think for wife is going to be fucking slow it's going to be so bad you know so i start stressing about something so minuscule that's not even here yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah take a knee exactly exactly take a knee take a knee breathe motherfucker breathe 
Yeah. And on. So, mm-hmm. Are you done? I'm done. I'm done. That's that's pretty much it. And on that bombshell, I guess it's time to end the show. Thank so, you very much. Thank you guys for listening. Please like and subscribe. Yes. We need subscribers. We're going to be. I just found a platform, so yes. I'm gonna upload the the audio files onto that, and hopefully we can get that on Spotify, and then mm-hmm. iTunes. Yes, yes. Um, what else is there to be done? There's, there's still quite a few things we need to talk about. Well, but... We have time. I have internet now, so we can record as many times as you want, as often as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's something like again. Um, this was never meant to be something that we did that was supposed to like. It's not like a tech company that was supposed to grow very, very fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is very much like something that we're gonna build very slowly, and um, it's 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 based on what the things that we want to talk about, and we we just wanted to see how far we could go from the you know mm-hmm. starting from zero, going all the way up. Okay. So, yeah. Exactly. Any last words? <laughs> last words. Uh, final yeah. final thoughts. Final thoughts. Man. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, I'm just. I'm happy. I'm glad we recorded this. Our first podcast of the year. Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we did this. Those are some bitch words, Oscar. Bitch yeah. words. Sometimes you gotta be a bitch, man. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bitch in all of us. Bye, bye, guys. Bye, bye. Thank you. <laughs>